I'm Charlie Blair Elephant, and you're listening to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7 with host Eric Fiorillo. The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor as a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle, streaming radio 24-7. Today is the 5th of August already, 2019, and before we get started with our usual format, um, you got two Italian bulldozers coming in today, myself and the great Frank DeMeo. Frank was kind enough to uh, mention that in a picture that I put up of me carrying the Hoosa steel in the snow. Um Good stuff. Good, good, good stuff. Well, we're going to stand up and take a deep breath through the nose, out through the mouth, and repeat after me. I am a winner, I am a champion, and I am unstoppable. And the reason why I say those three verses is because if you start practicing those laws, you're going to see changes happening in you. Well, it takes a minimum to change a thought, 21 days, but if you've been following me and all the rewiring and the reptilian brain I'm talking about and all the research I'm doing, and John McKean and I have been doing all this MIDI rack work, which is just absolutely incredible, the stuff that he's been writing in the blog recently, and... I've got stuff. I don't know if I'm going to write it or I'm going to do a show. We're looking right now at possibly doing a show with John and Steven Santangelo. But I am positive the power rack, when you know how to use it, rewires your brain. And I can prove it step by step. And this is the stuff that I've been concentrating on for the last close to a year now. And the gains are just incredible. And if Danny, my nephew, was a little bit older... He'd be starting squats, dead stop with holds. Another year or so. Um, I got a plan laid out for him. He'll be here in the next 10 days. Wait till you see some of the stuff that's going to be coming out of this camp with him and his sister, Maggie, and a lot of other people. I've gotten people already inquiring me that have children Danny's age that are asking me, do I have programs? Do I do this and that? The answer, if you live in Albany, New York, and you can come to my gym, I will work with anyone. Obviously, all parents have to be present. I will not work with a child. You have to be 18 years or older to come here by yourself because of all the nonsense that's going on out there. And that could kill your career with one accusation. And we've seen it here all over the place. It's the best way to be. You safeguard yourself. It's very dangerous at times with people out there. But on that note, and I don't want to go down that negative trail, yes, I do work with kids. And if you've seen what my little nephew's done, and you've seen pictures of Maggie, too, these kids are absolutely incredible. And, yes, they are my family, but the whole family's athletes. I mean, my niece, Natalie, she's going to go to, besides being an A student in high school, I guarantee you she was at Cornell this weekend 
Yale about a month ago. She's going to get a scholarship for long-distance running. This girl is incredible. I call her the roadrunner. Unbelievable, man. I'm telling you. So we're very blessed. We are The Fiorello and Penna family are very, very blessed, let me tell you. Um, it was my sister and brother-in-law's anniversary last night. I was over there. Um, just good times, man. You know, you have your ups and downs with people, but, you know, when you love somebody, you uh, you can ride it out, and it always gets better down the road. Um, also, too, don't forget to go out to uh, Fiorello Barbell Co. That's where our blog resides. Frank's written for us many times. A number of people. Steve Gardner, who was officiating, I believe he was the head official at this weekend's gathering, um, is going to be doing, I think, quite a few pieces for the blog, all about the gathering, what he's seen, his insights, et cetera, et cetera. And I want to thank two people big time. Douglas Graham, for the second year in a row, represented Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio. Uh, He had his own booth. We had it. We had all of our branding up there. And he and another gentleman, which I should know his name, who did the filming, and I apologize for that because I can't go out and look at it right now while the show is running, I thank you both immensely. You talk about doing a great job. I just saw the interview he did with Gary Clark. Douglas apologized. The volume's a little low. But I think he got like eight to nine people on there, which is incredible because it's hard to interview people. But Douglas is a professional. also want to thank Paul Gray. Paul is a steadfast gentleman who's been on here for a lot of years, just like Frank and Douglas. And these are the people, I say, that are the spokes in my wheel. Because it's not going to turn without people like this. Uh, Paul contributed all of the gas to get Douglas to where he had to be in Scotland. So I thank Douglas and Paul big time. Great guys. Also, too, like I said, you go out to uh, FiorellaBarbellCo.com, Winners and Champions. That is our premier product, 14 modules. Get out there and download it. Um, There's enough material on there to last you the rest of your life if you learn how to use it and become a physical culturist. Also, too, we talk about investing in FBC and M&M. There is a page out there on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. There's a $25, $50, and $100 investment. Now, look, we talked about this over and over. Everyone knows I'm outside of the business, which is not good for me having to fuel money in here. We are building our client base up again because I don't want to work for anybody, not unless it's somebody I really admire. Um, But what I'm doing is paying some bills. That's what it's doing. And when you're an entrepreneur and you're committed and you can make decisive decisions, that's where I am right now. It requires a lot more work at night, and I work every weekend. But you know what? When you want something this bad, you're going to do what it takes, where most people won't. And I know the questions. When we hit and hit big monetarily, it's going to be, I knew you could do it. How do you do it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's like if you've been paying attention to me for five years almost now, I've been laying a blueprint out for you for free. So if you haven't, you need to go back and listen to some shows. We've got 1,200 shows already. We'll be up five years, September 29th of 2019. Most podcasts last one month, 30 days. 
we've already beaten the odds, and I started not one but two businesses. I'm very proud of it, and I'm not shy about saying it, believe me, because it takes a hell of a lot of guts to keep rolling when you're not making what you're used to and you're getting battered all over the place. I welcome it, man. I just welcome You hit me once, I'm going to hit you five times just to let you know I got it. So those are things that are very important. So contribute here. Come on in. You think, break down that money. Break that down over 12 months. You know how many people are saying to me, you need to start charging for the shows. No, I don't. Because I feel that the shows are what bring people in here and get them involved in the family. And I would hope that you're going to buy the one product, which is going to turn into probably five if things go right before the end of the year. And obviously, a $25 and a $50, $100 donation well, as I say, investment is not a lot of money. Break that down over 12 months. You're spending more on coffee in a week. All right. So think about it because it's Steve Cotter. You need to listen to that show we did yesterday. Steve talks all about this show at the end. Go out and listen to Fence Sitters. It was the premier show he and I have ever done. He and I, like everybody here, it seems the last show we did was the biggest downloaded show ever in the history of Steve and I on Eminem. And it's incredible. So check that all out. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com slash category slash podcast. Go out and look at all the shows Frank and I have done over the years. That's my point. There's stuff everywhere for everyone here. And wait to hear some of the new people that are going to be coming up here in the next month. We've got a big, big name Friday night coming in here from Norway. I'm not giving the name out. Um, you're going to have to tune in this weekend and listen to it. It will be exceptional. But I will tell you this, if you pay attention, um, I believe it was two weeks ago Sunday, you've seen this uh, person pulling a train. Just absolutely incredible, the attitude. I just love it, man. I love it. Also, too, um, go out to our um, our, our um Blog, uh, not blog, go out to motivationmuscle.com, sign up for a free newsletter, it goes right to my MailChimp account. You know how much content I put out, you get it all. It'll go right to your inbox. Also, another big thing, come on in and advertise with us. The rates are so reasonable, and we're going to be here for a long, long time. I will work my butt off for you. And we've getting, we're getting bigger and bigger, more and more notice. So there's going to be more people that are going to start understanding what you do, your brand. You help us, we'll help you, and we'll create a bigger and better future all the way through here and out of here. That's the main thing. Create, create, create. Also, too, our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. And one last thing before I bring Frank in. Very important. I'm looking for someone to come in here and work with me where we're going to be doing some direct marketing with not only the show, but we want to use um, the products and have that marketed. So we want someone who's got experience that knows how to become very profitable as quick as as quick as we can. We have all the mechanics here. We have content like nobody else. So I'm looking for somebody. You can contact me by phone. My direct line is 518-894-4450. That's 518-894-4450. Leave the information, how I can get a hold of you, what you do. If you have a website I can go look at, I will get back to you within 24 hours. Now, on that note, 
Frank is going to be joining me momentarily, but let me give you a little uh, information on this gentleman. Frank, number one, is the cave gym owner. He's a trainer, strongman, and writer, and he is the Mace Fit coordinator. And today, Frank was very generous a few months back. He went to the 2019 World's Strongest Man. That's where we're going to start, but I want Frank to give me an update. It's been a while since he's been on here. What's been going on in his life? You know, what has he been doing since we last talked? Then we're going to go into WSM, and we're going to let that fan out to whatever it brings us. So, Frank, it's always an honor, and thank you for coming on, brother. Uh, I appreciate it, Eric. Always good to be here. Thank you. Hey, um. Give out your well. Give out obviously any websites. We know with the cave and everything, and then let let's get into let's let's do some catch up on you because it's been about a year since you've been in here. Um, I want everyone to know what's going on with you, whether they follow you or not. That's irrelevant. We want people to start following you if they don't know you. Let's do that, and then let's break into the 2019 WSM. So take it away, brother. Okay, thanks, Eric. Uh, the websites are cavestrong.net. That's our general uh, physical preparation website. And we have macefit.com where we cover our steel mason club training. And we're on uh, Twitter at, at Ewissified, uh, Instagram at kpix2, P-A-V-E-P-I-C-Z-2. And uh, Facebook, we're kind of all over there. Yep. And that's, that's about it for right now on that. Well, that's a lot of space, man, so there's got to be a lot of people looking at you. So tell me, let's catch up. What's been going on in the last year of Frank DeMeo's life? Well, I hit a uh, turning point last uh, a year ago on June 5th when I ended up in the emergency room, uh, totally blindsided by uh, a heart issue, which had no prior warning whatsoever. And uh, it was not a heart attack, but it was still very serious. It yep. was... Uh, well, it was it was a, a near near death uh, experience. We'll leave it at that for now. Just blessed to still be alive, and I've been on the comeback for the last year or so, and the things have been going uh, much better. I'm very blessed with a steady improvement in in uh, health and strength and uh, endurance and overall fitness. It's come along very well. Uh, we have, but during that time, it was. Uh, I wanted to make sure that I maintained at least some level of training. Yep. So I wouldn't want to go backwards any more, any more than it knocked me back already. And I just started find a place I could uh, keep from going back to the ER yep. in my training, and uh, I did. And I just started uh, working my way back up and keeping the training journal, tracking progress every week, and you know the loads and, and frequency and intensity and everything is. Is going up incrementally, but it, it's getting there. Yep. So like I said, I'm, I'm just glad to still be here, man. And it's, uh, you know, God, God willing, I'll be uh, 69 years young next month. Yep. And actually, what do I mean next month? This month, about a few more weeks. Well, but, let me, Frank, let me ask you this, not to interrupt you, because yep. this is very interesting to me. Do you feel that all the years that you trained in different disciplines saved your life? If you had to, if you, obviously I know that, God is very important in your life, but do you feel all that physicality possibly kept you from going, leaving us? Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. Um, I'm sure it was a big part of it. But, you know, the um, what happened was there was no 
in any indication of anything right. being wrong whatsoever. Right. So it looks like it was looks like it was genetic from what they could figure. But okay, I'm sure that uh, well, you know, I started my serious training uh, was in 50 years ago when right. I first started coaching people in the martial arts, and then up until the present time. So that's a, a long that's a span of decades, and I'm and I'm sure it helped. Yeah, yeah. Um, because it's interesting, you know, you know, Carmen Caputo, you guys have got about the same amount of time in, I believe Carmen, I believe Carmen turned, I want to say 74 this month or last month, but, um, it's very interesting because I mean, he had some problems too. So, you know, you know, the, the thing that I take away from us, my brother-in-law and I were talking about this because last night it was my sister's and his anniversary and there's some people over and we're, he and I kind of were off to the side a little bit talking. And I said to him, you know, Dan, and we weren't talking about any type of physical ailments, but you hear, you know, you hear so many people, I'd like to train because that all went with that fe- fence sitters yesterday, but you know, it's always, but and I said, you know, as much as I miss my brother Jimmy, thank God for him. Because I don't know if I ever would have got into training. It was him watching my brother wilt away and, and pass away at, at such a young age that had such a dramatic effect on me. That when I started at 10 years old, I never looked back. The only time I really stopped, other than to take a week off here, week off there, was when I tore my bicep in 2008 in, in Iceland. And we were talking about that last night, and I said, you know what? I am so happy that I did what I did. You look at so many kids, so many middle-aged, so many older people are just struggling to walk up a flight of stairs, or they can't catch their breath or whatever. And you know, I hear this from a lot of people, Frank. It's like, well, not everybody wants to do what you do. Well, there aren't going to be many people that are going to do that anyways. I understand that. But do you know, and I've said this on multiple shows for years, there's nothing that you can't take down to the simplest level and get started. So, you know, when we talk about your episode and with Carmen's, you know, I I thank God every day about not only Jimmy, but just being able to go out like yesterday. I mean, I hammered myself. Um, And then, you know, come back a few days later for another day. And, you know, Florida, I'm not telling you anything. I mean, it has been smoldering up here in New York, in Albany. I mean, the last two times, I don't know what it was yesterday because my thermometer didn't seem like it was right. The day before, two days before I trained yesterday, it was 112 in my garage. The de- two days or three days before that, it was like 109. And I had to do a lot of stuff in the power rack. So my, one of my racks that I use is in the very back of the garage. There was no air in there whatsoever. But this is what I tell people, you know, be cognizant of heat. What I like to do with stuff like that when it's like that, Maybe do some lighter stuff, but normally I'll go in and do one big heavy movement. Maybe do some neck work, calf work, little light grip, and I'm done. And, there, and you know, I've had these discussions. Well, that's not a lot. I said, you go out there and try to do two or three major movements. You're on your face for four or five days, and I don't care how seasoned you are. So 
the smart money is always to back up a little bit, do something you want to do, succeed with it, do a few other things, and you go inside, take your shower, and you're set. So, you know, comment on any of that. What I mean, you've been in this business for a long time. Where do you feel, especially like heat and training, where do you think people kind of take the wrong turn with this stuff? Well, I think, um, for one thing, that people don't climatize themselves. Yep. That they don't, if it's, you know, it's a, you take a person that goes from a southern state and moves up north, um, first of all, we'd have to check their brain, make sure they're okay. <laughs> that, that's, well, and my, some of my family did that, so, you know, what can I say? Yeah. yeah I'll, I'll joke. I, I grew up in New England, so I, I, I yep. got a right to say that. The, um, but, it, you know, if it's, um, they're going to have a really, really hard time adjusting to the cold yep. and vice versa. When the people come down here from either uh, the Northeast, Midwest, uh, when they get down here and the, with the, the humidity is really high down here yep. in addition to the high temperature. And so it, you know, it gets a little hot and they're, they're, they're hiding in the air conditioning or they never get used to the, any of the, of the heat. Yeah. And uh, then we also get the people come from high altitude. Like we had the people visit us from the Lake Tahoe area. And they, they train up there, higher altitude. They come down to – we're like four feet above sea level or something like that here, you yep. know. Yep. So just a, a, and they have a really hard time. It can be adjusted, but, you know, you can't artificially manipulate your environment to, to protect you at all times. And you just have to get let your body get used to it. Yep. But you have to have some wisdom in this because, um, you know, some things – but I love – you know, you're talking about the heat. I love to – one of my biggest things I love to do is go outside and train yep. in the heat of the day. Yep. And, uh, well, after <laughs> the cardiologist informed me at, uh, in the hospital that, and uh, some of the other people that that was going to have to be put on hold for a while because the heat drives the blood pressure up a lot. So, yeah. But anyway, um, you know, jumping back on subject about, you know, doing uh, – when you talk about working the, the neck and the calves and doing, yep. doing some – a little bit lighter work and so on. Yep. One of the things that I would determine when I get out of the hospital was I wasn't going to, I was not going to stay out of training. Right. And I was, uh, I was going to keep training somehow. And that's exactly, exactly what I did. I found out what I could safely do mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, not to beat this drum too much, but just to so people understand a little bit. When I first get out of the hospital, if I did any type of like hip extension, yeah. All of a sudden, my heart rate would skyrocket and blood pressure also to unsafe levels. Yeah, yep. And I mean, like, like right away, and it wouldn't come down. So it was, you know, it's kind of like uh, you know, back in the day, you have the older cars. Sometimes your gas pedal would get stuck to the floor. Sure. You ever had that happen? Yeah. Well, that's kind of what was happening with my heart. Wow. And it was like, yeah, try to like, you know, you can have. You're going to have elevated heart rate when you're training hard. Of course, you have to. Yeah. And it's supposed to come down before too long. But this was like I'd start training, and it would go up, and uh, it wouldn't come down. It would be up like, you know, you're hitting like 150 beats a minute or whatever. Yeah. That's not that's not that high when you're training. But when, 12 hours later, it's still that high. Uh, something's wrong, you know? Yeah. So, <laughs> did you have so to that's go, what I when, had. When you had that, did they have to go in and, like, shock your heart to get it down? 
Uh, no, actually, you know, the heart was in uh, atrial fibrillation where it's not beating the okay. right rhythm. Yep. And it's kind of the valve just kind of fluttering. It's not really pumping the blood the right way. But um, they got that stabilized. They got the blood pressure down. They got, you know, the blood pressure was shooting up to like 200 over 100 something, you know. Yeah. Which is like stroke level. Okay. Yep. But, it, uh, you know, no, this is not doom and gloom. I'm, I'm very positive about what happened because. I really learned how to just, you know, to dig in and keep the discipline yep. and, and keep going, but do it in a very, very smart way. On the wall of the cave here, I got it uh, written on the wall. It says, no brain, no gain. And that's, <laughs> yep. yeah. that, that, that's how we do it here, and that's how I did it. So I made sure I kept, kept my journal. I yep. kept the journal for decades. And just writing things down every time I trained, what I'm doing, what I'm doing. Week by week, it was improving, 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 improving. And uh, that was very encouraging. So now it's, things are going very well. Yeah. And uh, so you know, I'll just say to anybody, if you had a medical issue, especially a serious one, don't just walk away from training for good. You know, just kind of regroup. And then uh, you got you to gotta get back in the fight. Yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the worst thing you do is turn your back on something that's been so good to you. You know, you'll you'll suffer the consequences in the long run. Um, you know what I want to ask you, too, before we get into the WSM? Now, I've seen plenty of stuff with Mace Fit with you and all that. Now, how did you um, become the Mace Fit coordinator? How did this all come about, Frank? Well, I got to thank our mutual friend Donnie Jarfadino for uh, the was the first person that uh, ever taught me how to use maces and clubs. Right back in uh, January 2016, I, we were in a conversation. Actually, there was a uh, excuse me a product review being done by Dave Hall and uh, Chip Conrad about Addicts Maces and Club. Yep. And I'm watching, and I became aware of these things back about 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, but I didn't take it. It wasn't time yet. Yep. So anyway, and I typed in, and I go, I need to get some clubs. Well, Donnie was on. I, I'd never met him before. He says, well, basically, I have clubs. Talk to me. Yep. So, you know, so Donnie took a, made a bold statement, and we connected, and he drove over to my gym, the cave from Deerfield Beach on the other side of Florida, did his first uh, workshop over here, and he didn't he didn't charge a dime. He just drove here. He paid his all his own expenses. Yep. And I just showed up and taught us. And he came back over the several next several months, two or three more times, which was really good. Yep. And uh, just kept learning. And I started implementing this stuff in my gym. First of all, just as warm ups. Yeah. Uh, for our regular workouts, and then a little accessory work at the end conditioning. And the people were really taken to it. I got a little more training online from uh, Valerie Palowski, yep. who's an incredible athlete. Um, and then uh, for Rick Brown, uh, Mr. Mace Man, I, I was in his training for about a year and a half online. And we kept progressing with our training here. Eventually, people wanted um, standalone Mace Fit classes, just nothing but the mace and the club. Sure. And we still do our, our K-Strong training. Those, those still run also. But it, it got so they, – they loved it so much, we just started having separate classes. And now we got separate classes 
four maze fed six days a week. Okay. So the coordinator part comes from uh, when Valerie and Don, my, myself, they said, you know, they know also uh, we test people regularly. We record and yep. measure results. Uh, they said, listen, you got that going on. You need to start a certification and teach people what you're doing. Right. So programming. So we started doing that. So, you know, we have about certified about 16 or so coaches so far in different Good. parts of the country and in uh, one in Puerto Rico. Wow. So, so we're coordinating uh, more on that. And it's just um, that's kind of where the Mace coordinator came from because this okay. is a cave where it started. Yep. So everybody trained in Macefit has to go to right here. Yep. And uh, we also now have an, an online certification, okay. which is, uh, in fact, you mentioned uh, Brad Hutchins the other yep. uh, earlier. Yep. And Brad, uh, Brad is certified to our Macefit program uh, through the through the online program. Okay. 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 Yeah. Tremendous guy. But, but that's yeah. how that came up. That's what I hear. That's why I'm uh, going back and forth when he wants to come on. So we're going to have him on. I think. I don't remember if it's this month or early September. There's just so many things out there. But yeah, he'll be a, he'll be a good fit here. We'll talk to him about some things and see what he says. That's all. Yeah, um, Brad, Brad squared, he squared away, man. Let me so now you so now that you've got that going too. Now let's get into the 2019 WSM because I I just it was great that you were there. You know, you sent us some nice stuff, but. Let's talk about the pros, and I know you said there were some things you didn't care for. So tell everybody here at Eminem, the family, um, you went to it. What did you take from it, and who were some of the stars you felt, whether they're today's or upcoming? Take it away, Frank. Well, it was uh, – yeah, it was it – was, I was shocked to find out it was going to be held yeah. uh, in the next town up from where I live. Yep. That was just like – crazy you know because i think they were just in the philippines or singapore or some other place right on the other side of the world previously uh so it was a uh, four days and I, of course me running the gym here i was not able to go all four days but i did get up there for uh the first two days yep the first first day was held in uh, downtown bradenton they blocked off old main street and uh, they ran the events there and uh, I was only able to be there for a short time doing another scheduling glitch, helping out an old veteran. I had to get him to the VA, so I couldn't get there on time. But we finally got up there, and uh, they, I missed the truck pulls and that type of stuff there. I did get to see the uh, uh, the yoke walks and, and um, uh, let's see. Now, it's been, been a while yet now. But yeah, I do remember the Oka. That's that's when some of the injuries started yep. happening. Okay. And uh, so the and the second day they actually went out to uh, out on the beach. Yep. And now that where now that was uh, you would want to talk about humidity oh, and uh, yeah yeah on the, on right next to the Gulf of Mexico, really humid. Yep. And uh, there was. It was. Uh, I got to see a few more events there. I, I think the one that stood out in my mind there was seeing the, watching the uh, car deadlift. I actually found I'm only five foot six, so for me, yeah. you know, it's like uh, um, 
me and the guy from Atomic Athletic, I think he's 5'3". So, yeah, yeah, you know, Roger, have, yeah, Roger's only 5'3". Yeah, yes. Yep. Yeah, so, you know, we had, uh, I got a great view of a lot of people's shoulders. <laughs> but once I, once I found a place I could get a little elevation, yeah, I, I watched Brian Shaw. He won that heat with the car deadlift. And uh, then I walked back later to where the, where their, like, their staging area in between, and I got to uh, uh, see some of the guys when they were in their warm-up areas there and some of the guys walking back from their uh, events just then. And, and that's when uh, you saw some of the photos I posted about when the guys finally got their T-shirts off. Yep. They looked like uh, just like uh, walking mounds of muscle, you know. So oh, that yeah. Was, yeah. It, it was – it was uh, I'm glad I got to go. Uh, the last, you know, last two days I didn't get there. Right. So I just started pulling the stuff up on YouTube and watch, watching it there. So, well, that, Mar- um, you know, Martin Lysis, who, who ended up winning, he's been on the show before because um, – when we used to have Ode Hagen on here, Ode was his coach. I don't know if he still is or not. I think he is. Um, very interesting because, you know, I don't know if you saw it yesterday or the day before, Brian Shaw carried the Denny Stones for distance longer than anybody. So he must have broke Mark Haydock's record there, which I, I want to talk. I saw that. Yeah, I want to get Mark on here because that would be pretty interesting to hear about him and a guy that you're going to really like to hear Douglas um, interviewed him yesterday at the gathering is Brett Nichols, the Nichols stones. Now he's very good friends with Charlie Oliphant and we, we've been trying to see if we can get something scheduled and have a three way call because from what Charlie tells me, this guy is just deadly with stones in charlie's opinion he's one of the best stone lifters he's ever seen and charlie is no slouch himself and when he says that my ears go right up but let me ask you this i know only two days and i that one picture of that guy with the upper back the traps was absolutely insane but what what did you see there though that you didn't like was there things that you felt were you know i don't know something that just didn't turn you on the world's strongest man you know maybe you thought it was a distraction or, or a negative is there anything that you saw there that you didn't like oh not from the athletes you know okay. the athletes were great i mean okay. like the competitors you know yep. they were phenomenal and some of them are really down to earth you know they're taking all kind of photos with the public with uh you know being super humble guys and yep. uh just you know no, it wasn't the athletes at, at all. You know, just when, uh, you know, we watch uh, World's Strongest Man on TV. Sure. Well, you see pretty much continuous action. But when you go live, you realize how much it's made for TV because nothing happens fast. Right. You have an event. Well, you know, you get your, your media people out there doing one. <laughs> they had one really beautiful brunette. And yep. she was going to be like announcing something, you know, and they did retakes on this girl. <laughs> she was, uh, I don't know, you know, I guess you're trying to get her walk and her talk down where it looks great on camera. So yep. they kept retaking this girl yep. maybe a dozen or more times. Wow. Finally, you know, the crowd getting riled up is like, now, how many times you hear people almost booing a pretty girl? Like, get her off of there, you yep. know, get her on with the competition. But, yep. um, but all the events were meticulously set up, but that means you had like 45 minutes, maybe almost an hour 
between yeah. events. Yeah, that's long. So that was yeah. Yeah, you try in there. Plus, uh, and I don't mind waiting. Uh, you know, especially if you have some place to wait. That's uh, you know that is reasonable. But you know, here's another thing: when they were, especially when they were downtown, there was no seating of any kind, no right. water. Right. Right. You know, it's like. Uh, there was nothing there for the spectators whatsoever, you know. Right, right. So, right. so it was like, like you know, like spectators were like incidental. There, if you showed up, good, but they weren't providing really anything. Yeah. For the spectators. Yep. And and that's um. You know, I live down here. You know, I can take the heat. I'm, you know, a lot better. Even even now, I still can pretty well. But, you know, it just wasn't um, wasn't conducive to having a good experience of. Of watching the, the events. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, but overall, I'm glad I went. And, uh, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But I'm glad that, you know, didn't have more heat injuries and stuff like that for oh, people yeah. trying to watch and, you know. And, and, you, know, know, and you know something else, Frank. I mean, this is a big product they're selling. And uh, yeah. you've got to have that stuff right. You can't just expect people to plug themselves yeah. in and it's going to all go well. We know better than that. And when, you, like you said, 45 minute to an hour wait, no, that's not, you know, that's not going to sell that brand very well, you know, and, and you would think that they've done enough of them. Wouldn't they be cognizant of what's going on here? I mean, they've got to know where they were in Florida. It's not like Siberia. So you're going to, you know, face up with some heat and humidity and, you know, how people get, they get very short tempered. And, uh, you know, like you said, with that girl that was trying to pull off the, the broadcast there, couldn't get it together. I mean, yeah, you're going to get a lot of that regardless. So, um, well, we'll see what happens in the future, where they go next. And hopefully they'll come back to Florida and get it right. Um, but I think Eric, you know, the, um, you know, Granted, when they go to take what they filmed yep. that day, of course, then they edit edit out all that stuff. Yep, yep. So it's like going to be like seamlessly put together, and uh, and that's great. So you're watching from home. It's like yeah, you got this event, you know, whatever the next event, or maybe you got a commercial within the next event, and it's like now that then you're seeing really nice uh, programming. Sure. Okay. So just anybody who's interested in watching it live, just be prepared that they're not uh they're not gonna care if you get if you have water or a plate to exactly or not so just bring your own exactly <laughs> bring your own no no but you know that's that's the price i guess as they say of doing business yeah you're right they put a nice package together you would never know that stuff was even going on um you know what it is too frank the the venue you know no matter where you go you've got to get it right you can't be a hundred percent perfect we know that but you know you have to have things like you know water stations or somewhere where people can get under something that'll cool them down um because as you said i mean you know how serious heat can be you can get heat stroked you know there there's not there's nowhere to sit down you don't have a lot of shade but you know these guys are different, the athletes. You know, they're all over the world. They're going through all kinds of different things. I mean, their bodies are much more tempered for this stuff. Plus, when you have an hour break or, or a 45-minute break, it gives them a chance to definitely rehydrate, rest a little bit, maybe get their heads right, and away we go again. So, big difference from 
the live event to what you see all canned and packaged, you know? Exactly. It was still great. Oh, you know, yeah. I'm still glad yeah. I got to go, yeah. Well, let me ask you this. You've been around a lot of athletes your whole life. Now, you saw really the cream of the cream when you're at that point with WSM. Is there anything about these individuals besides their body mass that really sticks out to you? Something maybe you noticed that you never even saw before. Anything like that did you take away from it? Well, I got a, I got a, a one positive and one negative once again. Okay, shoot. Uh, uh, the mental focus was just exemplary. You yeah. know, they yeah. were just – they're so dialed into what they were doing and really giving it, um, you know, guys, they, they leave it all right there. You know, yeah, they yep, really yep. give everything they possibly can give. Uh, the one thing that really stood out to me, though, was uh, the, the injuries. Yeah. And there was like like five injuries that I read about. It might have been more, but a couple of them. Uh, more common, like tricep tear, bicep tear. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. The thing that I think the thing that that really caught my attention was uh, the Achilles tendon injuries and oh, yeah. the plantar fascia. Yep. Uh, now here's these guys are to say these guys are strong is just a ridiculous understatement, but it's like somehow you know they're you know the motor's big, but the drivetrain somewhere has a weak link in it. Okay, yep. so the, yep. uh, you know, if you can be uh, that strong and your your tendons aren't as strong as they should be, something's going to rip, Absolutely. which is what happened, you know. Yep. yep. And uh, so I know I, I've got an Achilles tendon tear myself years ago. Yeah, it's no joke. Yep. It didn't detach, but it was a bad tear. So I'm my thinking is more tendon work. You know, there's so they're immensely strong and. The, the person that really got me thinking about tendon strength years ago was I had the uh, opportunity to go and train at a Russian martial arts school for a few months. And the, the instructor there was a former uh, Soviet Spesnak, a special operations yep. soldier. Uh, very tough. But he was one of the things he stressed in their training was tendon strength. He didn't yep. say squat about muscle. He talked about tendon strength yep. and the way they train. They train to develop tendon strength, and which is uh, a, a lot of what I learned from him. I incorporated in, in our training here, both in the, our regular cave strong training sessions and our mace fit. But the tendons just can't neglect strengthening the tendons, no matter what else you're doing. You have to have it. Yeah, without a doubt, because uh, if you don't, as you just said, we're going to hear snap, crackle, pop with something. But do you think, I mean – with the extent of the body weight and the size of some of these guys, you know, this has been brought up on the show. Uh, I mean, I never think that way, but has it reached a point where maybe it's too much now and, and the other areas of the body, even if you are strengthening them and they're still not strong enough and we're getting these type of injuries, have we reached a zenith as far as strength and power? I say no, but you were there firsthand and you were seeing these injuries it, 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 has it come to the point now where maybe enough is too much now, or do you think that we can keep going the way we are? Is it going to revert? Let me put it this way. The six-foot-sevens, the Thors, the Brian Shaws, all them, 
Because we've seen this. Uh, Martin Lysis is not a 6'7 guy, all right? And he's not a 400-pound guy, but he won because he's quite an athlete to boot. Are we going to start seeing it revert maybe back to guys of the height of him or Bill Kazmaier, you know, et cetera, et cetera? Where do you, if you had to make a, um, a prediction in some way, what, what do you see at this point with WSM? Well, I think they still have a, a great future. Yeah. I, I'm, you know, definitely going to have to make some uh, adjustments to the training to start addressing these uh, tendon issues yep. for sure. Yep. Uh, but I think, well, you know, take a, a mutual friend, Bud Jeffries. Sure. Um, when I met Bud Jeffries in about 15 years ago, he was 400 pounds. Yep. And, uh, he reached a point, I mean, just not so strong. And he's, old, he's stronger now than he was then, you know, yep. but he was like uh, at 400. And he just got, he got to the point where he felt like being 400 pounds was not good for his health. Right. And uh, he didn't want to continue on that way. So he went on a a very um, pretty incredible training program. He didn't do any crash diets or any crazy not so stuff like that. But he went and uh, if you read his book called I Will Be Iron, yep. uh, that's where he explains what he did. And he went down to like uh, two, 280, wasn't it, around about, 275? I think he got down, I think he got to 280, and yeah. now he's back up to about 290 or so, 290 plus. But he's, you see the, the difference in his body between now and then, yep. it's just like a totally different person, you know? Yep. But, yep. I, you know, I think when you see when – now the way Bud trains, and, uh, and he's extremely well-rounded. Yep. Uh, just yep. you know, the, you know the guy that size. You know, he can do pull-ups, he can swim, he can run, he can, uh, you know, he can do handstand push-ups. You, you know, plus yeah. you know, crazy. You know, you're like doing his one-arm rows with like 300 plus pounds. And, yep. But he's better now with that body type than he was at much bigger. Yeah. And and uh, yeah. not as healthy, so I think that may transition over to uh, that may start applying to the world's strongest man t- uh, training and athletes that uh, might get him more of a general fitness preparation, physical preparation, or getting more athletic overall. Uh, guys are great athletes, don't get me wrong, but I think to getting some, maybe getting some of that body size down yep. will be helpful. Yep, uh, if, if, you know. For the general, just for, for, for the sake of longevity, being able to, to stay alive and enjoy the fruits of your labor of all that hard training. And, uh, you know, you don't, you don't want to end up with all of a sudden a health issue and you're gone, you know. Yeah, it's like, well, boom. yeah. And we've seen over the years we've lost a lot of them. You know, they've dropped dead. And, you know, they'll blame a number of issues on it, you know, whether it's steroids or too heavy of a body weight or whatever. But, you know, the bottom line is – you can only push, push, push for so long and so hard. There's go- If something's going to happen, it's going to happen, and then you're going to have to either hopefully survive it or you're not here anymore. And um, I think anything like this, I, I don't care. You know, anything to me is extreme. I was There's a friend of my brother or my brother-in-law and sisters. I, he's a friend of mine. I'm not, you know, I don't know him real well socially, but um, he's quite a cyclist as in, you know, bike and um you know they were talking about on the road you know some have been hit by cars uh 
Some of them have had health in- incidents on the road. Okay, one guy that they know from Boston, he was cycling, and and he said to the couple of guys, he was, look, I'm going to break off, and I'm going to go home. I'm not feeling good. And I guess he got to, like, a bus stop and just froze there. And a woman walked up Ooh. to him and said, are you all right? And he goes, no, I don't think so. He said, I think I need to go to the hospital. Well, she had a car right there, and they went in the car. He went in the cardiac arrest. They got oh, him man. in. They got him in. They saved his life, and today he's he's well, very well, all right? Now, now you're going to get this on the flip side, and it's true. Now, here's a guy, lean and mean. You know, never any incident of anything with heart. I don't even know if it, they had it genetically in the family. But here's a guy that was very lucky that woman walked up to him. He would have dropped dead right off that bike eventually because he, yeah, exactly. he couldn't move. So, you know, when we talk about all this stuff, yeah, I think there are things you need to do to increase your longevity. But, you know, you could weigh 400 or you could weigh 180 and be ripped to shreds and still die, too. So, yeah, I, I, yes. I, you know, I think everything we talk about is choices in life, and you got to decide how far you want to go. I mean, I know what I like to do. You've got to have some body weight to move some of the stuff that I'm pushing. I mean, As, yeah, you could yes, be a t- you, you know, you could be yeah. a 220er, but a 300-pounder is much better. Um, and... And like yourself, myself, and a lot of people that are on this show, I think a lot of people, especially I've talked to, you know, off air too, they're pretty smart about how they do things. And, you know, the one thing I've learned is you don't take unnecessary chances. I mean, I like the idea of risk anyways. You know, I'm not risk adverse to anything. But there is a certain point that you might have to either slow it down or back it off to something else. But the point of the matter is you can get into a fear-based feeling all the time where it's going to start crippling you from doing everything because you're going to be afraid. Oh, no. I I, I remember the first time I did a barbell curl after the surgery. And that was way – that that was like three months, Frank. And I, I remember when I picked that bar up the first time. And here's what went through my head. Um, is this surgery going to hold? What a stupid way to think. But you know what? I was still living off that injury like that. And after that time, and it went right up and curled, no problem. To this day, I've never thought about it ever again. Never. That's good, man. Yeah. Yeah. Well, the one thing I am very cognizant of, and I say this on the show, and especially like with Danny and everything, especially if you're going to lift a stone, don't bend your elbows, whatever you do. That That is definitely a, a very good chance of tearing a bicep. And contrary to what all these experts say, you do need direct bicep work because those little muscles there do an awful lot when you're lifting things off the ground. And most people are like, well, you know, I'll do, I'll do a few uh, curls and I'll take care of it. No, if, if you're going to do curls, you need to be very direct with things or if you're using bands or whatever, and you need to do them. I, I do arm work, direct bicep work every seven days, no matter whether it's in the beginning, the middle, or the end, but it always gets devotion to it because after that type of injury, I don't ever want to have another one of those, all right? And, and the thing is, I know people tell me, well, there's no guarantees. I say, well, yeah, there's no guarantees, but you can take means to strengthen areas. You know, as you were talking with tendons, well, that's what tore on me, a tendon. Um, 
you can do things that are going to minimize the chance of having to go in under the knife, okay? And I think that is the smart money when you do things. Go ahead, comment on anything. Yeah, no, I, I agree with you completely, you know, because there's only there's only so many things you can control. Right. You know, it's like, because before I went to the hospital, I yep. was eating very, very clean, yep. training very regular, getting plenty of sleep, don't drink, don't smoke, you know, right, don't right. take drugs. I just very, very, very clean lifestyle. It's like, bam. Yep. Like, yep. <laughs> Out of the right? blue. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yep. <laughs> like yeah. getting, so no like warning, getting, no indication. No, no, no. And you know, not it's feeling in, bad or anything. You know. Well, it's interesting you say that because you know it's like, um, you know, you and I, you know, we've talked about a lot of things, and it's like um, I'm always thinking this. You know, um, you don't know what you got till it's gone, and yeah. most of us don't even think about that. And you know, like I always say, I said yesterday with Steve, you know. Most people will be like, ah, oh, you know, blah, 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 blah. And I'll tell you what, Frank, every morning when I get up, and it's normally at 4.30 to start my day, I thank God every day that I can put my feet on the ground, stand up, and walk to the bathroom. Now, I know most people say, Absolutely. oh, it's, it's no big deal. It is a big deal, especially when you watch your brother who can't walk. There's things that do matter. And these little things that we take for granted, you get blindsided good, suddenly it's going to wake your ass up. And most people don't think about things until something so traumatic happens to them that they have to do something and do it quick. And sometimes that doesn't always work out for the best, man. Because you can't, when, 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 number one, we always talk about this in my family. There's always someone, if something happened to one of us, is going to be there. Because you need somebody with a very clear head that can make decisions, that would know pretty much what you would want to do. Or they have to react because it could be life-saving, all right, number one. Number two, if you can make a decision, you've got to make a decision, and you don't sit and him and haw on it. Because the more you do, the more opportunity for fear to start clouding your, your mind and everything with you. You know, we talk about this a lot, especially with all the rewiring. And I'll tell you what, my Doc Ridge, who you've heard me talk about, you know, he was he not only the greatest chiropractor, um, he was a father figure to me because, you know, my father had passed away at least over 10 years before I met John. And John used to talk about, John was very much, uh, he, was, he was very religious as far as the Bible went. Or he used to read the Bible a lot. Never pushed it on anybody or anything. But he used to always say to me, listen to your innate intelligence. Meaning, listen to your heart. Because rather than taking all this garbage from the outside and making your decision, turn that stuff back on that you haven't used for probably decades, and you're going to make the right decisions. And you're going to be able to live by your decisions rather than reacting, which so many people are so reactionary now that they mess up big time and it costs them big time. So, you know, I, I, I think that the body is so equipped to do so many things that we don't even scratch the surface on. And when things do happen, yeah, obviously you want somebody there that wants and, and has your best interest at heart. But the other factor that is vitally important is you to listen to you. Go ahead. It's all yours. 
Oh, I, I, I agree, Eric. The, you know, I had an expression I've used for years and years is that the body is very smart. Yes. And yes. It's, a, it's a capable of just amazing things. You know, our potential to uh, for strength and endurance and speed is just the only limit really is us. You know, you have yes, there is. Let me repackage that. There is a genetic uh, ceiling, so to speak, yeah. for everybody. But yeah. you know, but you know, you don't have to stop only twenty uh, percent of the way there. Yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. you know, you okay? If there's a genetic ceiling, and that's your true hundred percent, then that's where you need to eventually go. And the same thing with you talk about the rewiring and the mind and everything. The mind is, you know, the mind is uh, one of the people's biggest weak spots. Yeah, is, is the mind, and uh, it's like you know. Like I said when I came out of the hospital, I was determined I was not going to quit training, and I was going to, you know, I was going to get stay on it uh, regularly, and uh, you know that's what happened. But, but it's it's all these things, you know, it's all these things. It doesn't matter if it's what happened to me or what happened to the cyclist you were talking about. Yeah. Yep. Everybody's got stuff, you know. Everybody eventually going to check out one of these days. But, you know, while we're here, you know, let's make the utmost of the time we have and not be reactionary and not be fearful. And that's, that's like, you know, if the, if the culture wants to do that, let, let them do it. I'm, yep. I refuse to participate. I'm not, gonna, I'm not going to that party. Nope. And uh, so we're just going to get stronger as I can, strong as I can for as long as I can and uh, be among strong capable people uh, as long as I'm left to be able to do so. Without a doubt, Frank, because another another thing, you know, you've said it, I've heard, and we talk about it all the time, you know, I'm a big fan of Think and Grow Rich among many books, but Napoleon Hill, Earl Nightingale, they hit it right on the head. Even before them, you, you know, before, um, I've read a lot on Andrew Carnegie, who, absolutely incredible. Anybody that hasn't, big steel magnet you need to go out and learn from him that's who, who employed napoleon hill and the thing is and this is the god's honest truth folks is what you think about most is coming to you whether you want it or not okay so if all you're thinking about is gloom and doom how the world's mistreating you how you're a victim how you can't do anything because of x y and z let me tell you and you see it all the time if you're paying attention to this 24-7 garbage out there, and it's all over the place, on your phone, this, that, we were talking about that, all, all this all this tracking and all this other crap that's going on and all these pieces that we use, ah, find me this recipe, do this, do that. Well, folks, every time you're letting this software into whatever you're coming off, whatever device you're using, you're getting, it's like someone is sitting next to you who's robotic, that knows everything you're doing. Now, I myself do not need that and don't want that, all right? I have even cut the phone down. Other, This is a business phone that I gave it out before and my private phone. But I do not, right now it's not on. It's never on during any podcast. Um, Sundays, it's shut off totally. I check it at night before a couple hours before i go to bed at night 
Now, if there's an emergency and you know me, there's another number you can get a hold of me and it will get answered. But the reason why I did this was this. If you pay attention, uh, usually any place I'm in, I'm probably the only one without a phone in my hand. I'm not kidding you when I say that, all right? Um, I can't get that addicted to something. If I'm addicted to something, it's definitely my businesses and, and, and training. I mean, and that's a good addiction. Um, but if you're sitting around pining on a phone all day or texting all day or watching porn, which is usually the biggest thing that is on the internet with people, um, you might as well just take and pour acid on your brain cells and call it a day. All right. Because, because there's, there's much more to life than this. And when I got into all this rewiring, I, and I can't tell you how it all started because I don't know. Because I'm always looking for something else. And especially when we got into all the cold water with, with Wim Hof and the reptilian brain. And there's so many other people I study and read and get better. It's definitely had a pronounced effect on my life now. And there are lots of events that are starting to happen now because of this type of thinking. And when you take this and magnify it into your life and write things down repeatedly over and over and over again, and I'm telling you right now, I can have something happen to me now, and it might it might have took two or three days to just get rid of it. I can get rid of it within less than a day, sometimes a half an hour. Why? Because all these positive connections I've made, all this new neuros everywhere – that's carrying the things like when I say in the beginning of the show, I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Something could happen, and all of a sudden, those three lines will take off in my head. When you can establish those things in your head, I'm telling you right now, as I wrote today in Fence Sitters, what is stopping you at that point then? What is stopping you from no longer being a victim? What is stopping you from not being the strongest person you could ever be, the best person you could ever be, a person that goes out and puts out solutions to help people? Or if you're just helping somebody on your street that's older and needs help, or a kid that maybe they don't have a father, maybe they don't have a mother, and they see you every time they walk by, like here, they'll walk by kids and they're like looking down my driveway, hearing what's going on there. Like, what the hell? I know it. But maybe there's that kid that finally meets up with you and isn't afraid of you and says, could you help me out or tell me about weight training? What What is it? You know, I, that's my point of everything. When you're going out and creating these positive connections all the time, creating opportunity all the time, I'm telling you right now, I don't believe there's anything in life you can't get once you establish your brain that way. Go ahead, Frank. I know that was a lot, but, you know, that it's good stuff, man. Good stuff. Yeah, that's, uh, well, you know, it's, uh, even the Bible says that the man thinketh in his heart, so is he. You yep. know, that's like, yep. it's you know, your thought life is so important. And, uh, you know, creating new neural pathways—that's not a myth, okay? That's that's legit. You, it can be done. Yep. And uh, you know, and that, that's not nothing mystic about it. It's just a fact of how the body works. You know. Yep. And uh, so I think that you know, we really got to be careful what we put into our mind and uh, what we listen to, mm-hmm. who we're around, and because uh, all this stuff, you know, it's like. Yes, your conscious mind is one thing. Your subconscious mind 
can be, uh, it's like it's got a inlet and no outlet. So yep, yep. And the stuff goes in, you keep putting garbage in there, you, you turn your subconscious mind into a septic tank, and, you know, that's what you get, you know. Yeah. Subconscious thoughts are so uh, misguided and so off off base, you know, you get all this unrealistic garbage stuffed in there. You know, it just so you, got, you got to feed your brain, feed it good stuff. Be you know, be around people with the attitude and the wisdom and maturity to uh, interact with you in a, in a in a sensible way for both of your benefit. You know. Yeah, yeah. And if they don't, goodbye. You know, cut your losses yeah. quickly. Don't. You know, it's like I know people, you know, they'll be dating this or dating that or they're wondering about this and wondering about that. I said, you know something? You've got to learn and you will become that once you start doing this is you got to become decisive in your life. There's things that have happened here with the business where I didn't know which way to go with it, but I made a decision to do it. And the reason why I did that is if you read about successful people and yourself included, you can always zig and zag a decision, but the worst thing to do is when you sit back and you wait, because by waiting, you might have lost the opportunity, number one, and number two, it creates a lazy pattern within you, where like, well, you know, I'll get to it tomorrow. Well, if you're going to be that way with a business or your training or your the love of your life, you're not holding on to that for very long, man. And the worst thing I can see is making these investments and suddenly pulling short because you end up committing to things. And it's like, if you don't stay with it, what is the alternative then? Do I go back and work for somebody and be super unhappy my whole life and wonder, wow, what would have happened if I maybe stayed with it six more months? Where could I be right now? So, you know, there, there, there's, as they will say, the yin and yang. Well, there's, you know, whatever you want to call it, equate it. Uh, life, to me, is the greatest thing you can have because try to live without it. Well, we don't know. You know, we're hoping we do go to heaven and we meet our family again and all that. But my point of the matter is this. As long as you have this gift, why are you not taking this gift and pushing it as hard as you can? No matter what happens to you every day, why is it that you don't want to keep pushing it? And my feeling will always be we live fear-based. I mean, look, I watched the Yankee game the other night for one or two innings. I don't even like the Yankees anymore. I don't like – I just don't like the team at all, okay? I'll leave it there. And I don't – I usually have headphones on anyways because, you know, I can't really hear them, but, you know, I can see what's going on. But I got to tell you, Frank, every commercial that was on just about was all fear-based. You know, if you don't do this or you don't have that or you don't consult this guy here who could help you out with your bankruptcy, you know, I, and I'm saying to myself, this is all a form of brainwashing. And no wonder why, you know, oh, you, yeah. and, you know, and everything is obviously, you know, yeah, things happen to people and they've got to go on different drugs, but Every other commercial seemed like it was a medication for one form or the other, okay? And they got this little jingle, and they, they look like these morons. They're dancing around and everything. I'm saying, what the hell does this have to do with anything? But I get their marketing scheme like that. But that's my point. It's like you don't have to be part of this. It, there's no problem with me with knowing what's going on a little bit, okay? That's fine. 
that's just being smart. But other than that, you don't need any of this other shit. It's and that's just what it is. And it, and you're never, you know. And I'm going to give this right to you because my thoughts are going all over here. It's like this. We t- I said this before about well, you know, I always say, and I I mean this wholeheartedly. I've said this before on shows with us. This show will go national. Mark my words. It will go national. And I, as I said, there's going to be a point when there's going to be a bunch of us together speaking in front of people. And I know the questions that are coming right now. What did you do? How did you do it? Who helped you out? Blah, 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 blah. But in the meantime, you don't see that A to uh, Y where there was a lot of suffering there. There are a lot of good days and bad days. There are a lot of fallouts with people, fall-ins with people, and this is nature. But most people, as Steve said to me yesterday with Eminem, he said, you wait to the amount of people that are all going to come to you once they hear what's happened to your show. I said, that's okay. I'll be cordial to them, but that doesn't mean much more than that because you remember the people that stick with you through thick and thin. And the ones that maybe just say a nice word to you, like, it's going to be better tomorrow. And that's what I said. Words have power, and you have the power to take the words and put them into motion. It's all yours. Yeah. But, you know, Eric, what you said about what what would be down the road and people wanted to come back to ask you all what you did and so on. Well, the other flip side is, oh, yeah, I knew you could do it. Yep. Yep. I knew knew when he was just starting out. Yeah. all that, all that nonsense, but it brought to mind a quote from uh, Gandhi, of all people. Okay. And he said, uh, if I can get this exactly right, first they ignore you, then they mock you, yeah. then they fight you, and then you win. Yep. Yep. So that's a good, quite a progression there. I think a lot of truth in that. Yep. You know what, and Frank, because- too? You know what it is, too? I, I just think about, like, a, a boxer. It seems like, and I can't speak for you, but I'll ask you the question. I think I'm just the kind of guy that leads with his face. And <laughs> when you're going to lead with your face, you're going to take a lot of blows to the face. You know what I mean? Um, and the body eventually. But I also think, too, if you're going to be genuine and without being unintelligent how you do things – you're going to have to be ready for this stuff. And you don't know it initially when you start out because you're figuring, all right, I'll, I'll, I'll be this, that, and the other thing within a year. Unless you got somebody fueling you with a lot of money, it's going to take you much longer than a year, or you're extremely lucky. Um, probably neither, but it does happen to some people, and that's great. The thing is, like Stevie Shank said to me on a show, and I know you'll appreciate this, is this. And so is Paul Gray. They're like, well, what if somebody offered you right now a radio station to bring your show in and it was out in the Midwest? Would you go there if it was required? I said, well, nowadays, you know, I'm talking to Frank in Florida. I'm in New York. We're Skyping. If it meant I had to go there, say, a few times a month, absolutely. He goes, what if when you were going, suddenly a bunch of us were starting to show up from all over? I said, well, you'd be welcome. He said, Stevie, Stevie was like, 
God dog, it'd probably be standing room only in there with you. I said it would be the greatest thing that would ever happen to all of us. It's not me. It's all of us. Like I said, the spokes in the wheel are going to make the wheel turn. I could be the hub, but I'm not going to make the wheel turn by myself. And as, and the as sooner you get that through your head that it's not all about you. You might be the ringleader, the orchestra. You might be the creative guy. You might be the guy that makes the contacts. You're the guy behind the scenes. But when it comes down to it, the Frank DeMeos of the world that come in here with me and speak to me and, and give me their time are the spokes in the wheel. You can't be successful without being a person that realizes that. And when people come in, you treat them the way you want to be treated. And normally, you're going to have success upon success upon success. It's just going to keep piling up. And I'll give this to you, and we'll wind this up. But I want to tell you this. Napoleon Hill wrote Think and Grow Rich. And I said this again yesterday. When he went to work for Carnegie, he got very little money. He had a place to stay, obviously. He was given carte blanche through him to go and interview all these successful people. And I remember him saying this because this echoes in my head every day. He said, for five years, I was basically almost starving. And he said, suddenly, in that fifth year, things started to break. And he said, suddenly, there was an awful lot of money coming in all the time and I said to myself where have you been for over five years because now it's like there's no shortage of abundance and what he came out and said he said this was the plan this was something that whether I knew it or innate knew it or whatever it was tailored to happen like this And I believe with a lot of us, and I believe myself, this is what's happening with me right now. Just because you don't see things in a physical sense, folks, it's happening. And that comes from belief and faith. If you don't have those things, you're marked for death when it comes to this stuff. Frank, summarize everything. Give out all your info again. Take your time. I'll give mine and hang on the line, brother. All right. Thank you, Eric. Yes, sir. Two two quotes that I want. I'm going to close out with a one. None of them. That's a very important when you're planning things. And the other one I actually got from uh, Steve Jobs and some of his memoirs. Yep. Go together. And that's uh, what it takes to move ahead. I mean, yes, you got to be able to stand on your own if that's. If it comes down to you got to stand as a solitary figure, then you do. Yeah. But if you're able to be with like-minded uh, people who will contribute to the energy and the information and everything like that to build a much stronger team, then and that's better. Mm-hmm. So, and that's um, those. That's how we operate down here. And then, anyway, you have, uh, want me to wrap up? We got a, we got a few events coming up. Is it okay to mention them? Or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Lay it out. Lay it out. Okay. Well, we got uh, first thing in uh, August seventeenth in Manassas Park, Virginia. We have the Vintage Strength Games at the Mason Club competition. And we have you know, on uh, August thirtieth and thirty first, we will be at Mace Fit. Uh, Mace will have a table at uh, Tampa Bay Strength and Fitness Expo. Yep. It's a two-day event. 
Then in uh, November, we're going to be in Miami for MateFit certification. And uh, then back in Miami in February for Vintage Strength Games Southeast Regional, wow. another Mason Club competition. So that, those are all in the works right now. Um, a lot of fun stuff going on. I appreciate you being able to uh, mention that stuff. Oh, don't worry our, about it. That's, that's no problem. No problem. Yeah, and our, our website, uh, cavestrong.net and macefit.com. Uh, any questions, you know, get in touch with me. I'm glad to answer them for you. And I want to thank you again, Eric, for letting me be on the show. So it was great to be here and uh, catch up on things. And we'll have you on next. We'll, so well. we'll have you next. We'll have you. We'll see what happens. What you got scheduled for the next few months? I'll get. I want to get you on here regular. Um, it's it's always great to have you on. I've told people for years since the very beginning. Frank has been a major supporter of mine whether it's offline or online, you know, all his contributions through the blog, obviously with WSM and so many other things that he's done for me. Um, like I said, big spoke in the wheel. Um, this, you know, it's like so many of, of the males and females on here. I mean, I've never met these people in person. I've never even shook hands with them. But I do know there is going to be a time when we are going to all meet. This isn't going to be permanent, what's going on here. We just keep climbing that ladder of success. And when we all meet, it's going to be that much better because we're going to finally get to be in a room where we're going to be exchanging things face-to-face or in front of, say, 10,000 people. This is what it's all about because I, we, Steve and I were talking yesterday the world is dying for people like us, man. Leaders, leadership. It's 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 sorely missed out there. But I do believe there's a lot of hope out there too because you're starting to see things flip in a lot of ways, and this is the way it should be. And especially men, I don't know what you heard, what you believe, what you don't believe, but believe me, you're all worth something. But you got to conduct yourself like a man. Not be a spoiled little baby. I see a lot of them in stores like that. They seem more immature than their own kids. And they want things their way. Well, you know something? There's give and take with everything. And I'm going to tell you the best way to start finding yourself, get into physical culture. Go out and learn what physical culture is all about. Get out in that weight room and get your head dented in a little bit for a while. I, I can tell you this from experience. My father was a, a big-time disciplinary. Italian, north side of Boston. He didn't take any crap, believe me. And we were talking about that the other day. And he wasn't a guy that was a, a huggy guy. But I said, thank God for that in so many ways because I always knew my father's. My mother was, you know, definitely a mom. But my father, when he told you he loved you, I knew that he did. When my father put his arms around me and gave me that hug, it meant more. And, I, and I'm and i a lot in the same way, especially with girlfriends. I don't give out I love you real easy. And that pisses a lot of girls off. And when I tell you something, you can damn well bet I mean it. And I think that's something we should all think about today. Before you go out and uh, this, that, and the other thing, you know, everything is earned. Everything is earned. So think about those points because 
it's very, very important, as Frank said, who are you surrounding yourself with? Who are you giving your time to? Think about all that. You're going to be much happier with your life, and you're going to have a hell of a lot better life. This is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. If there's a show you'd like Frank and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at NICAP.RR.com. We are on iTunes and Stitcher, and with all we get, which is the top five-star reviews, we thank everybody for that. We're on Spotify. We are on Google Podcasts. We are on AHA Directory, which that's where you get Eminem in your car. Obviously, other than, you know, you come to our website, MotivationMuscle.com. Um, it's pronounced AHA, A-H-A. Um, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can change your life forever. Go positive. Inspire. My mom, she would say this when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile for that day. You don't know what people are dealing with. And it's more and more these days. There was a thing I read the other day. There's more 13-year-old boys now committing suicide. Suicide. Come on. You know why? Because they don't know where they belong anymore. It's not a big deal to be a boy or a man anymore. Yeah, it is a big deal. Leadership. Do you remember that word I just said? Leadership. If you have problems, you know you can contact Frank. You can contact me through Facebook, and I will get back to you just as Frank would. That's why we're all here, folks. We're spreading what it really is. We're going to eliminate, as Frank says, this wussification, these weak-ass trends. We're here, man. We're the fire extinguisher for all of it. Physical culture. Keep those two words in your mind from this point on. Also, too, if you're going to lift it, bend it, break it, twist it, press it, squat it, pull it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. And remember, the domination stone in blood red. We clear cut the path. We don't follow anyone. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Furr says, who's been listening to Eminem from the beginning, when I hear your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping out of my speakers. It is now a tidal wave, brother, and it goes higher and wider. And we want to say hello to our pal Paul Thor, too. Great guy from Wales. Gary Taylor, if you listen to Eminem, we want you on here. Gary Taylor, the famous WSM. Man, what an Olympic lifter he was. He was a big boy, let me tell you. That was in the days of uh, Manfred Horrible. And, and uh, I think he might have been in the Magnus era, too. I want to say that. What an incredible friggin' athlete, strong man. Um, you go out and see him. I put his video up before. Um, there's some great pictures of him when he was pressing the Flintstones, uh, you know, on a standard bar. The st- oh, my God. I love. I miss all that. I-, I wish they'd put that back in. That press is just so awesome like that. Um, also, too, uh, Frank Klein, my greatest business college professor, Repetition, repetition, repetition. Quitters never win. Winners never quit. My dad, be a leader, not a follower. Be a leader, not a follower. And John Ridge, who I talked about, his anniversary is in two weeks, four years. We lost him to cancer. I used to go there. Unless I couldn't because of the shows or whatever, every Friday afternoon I'd be there. I got to tell you, I miss John like you you can't even imagine. We had some great conversations. Just a great guy. I mean, New Hampshire, 
Never lost his accent. He was funny as hell. And I used to put it to him all the time, and it was funnier than hell. But what a great man. And um, him and my dad and Frank, I hope you're doing well. I really do. I think about you all the time, all of you. Also, too, um, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a hundred more of your friends we're coming because we won't kick your door and we'll blow the roof off your house. Join the family. Get out on Etched in Stone, Etched in Stone for kids. Go out and send these podcasts out to your friends. Go out to our FBC blog. Go out and read the newest stuff by John McKean. The Power Rack stuff is just incredible. If you're looking to really get big, this is the key to it. And you're going to see more and more of this as he and I keep going further and further with it. We haven't even scratched the surface, believe me. Les Brown, you'll have greatness in you, and we take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And before I sign off with Frank, a.k.a. my Italian bulldozer brother, I'm going to tell you this. You're all winners. You're all champions, and you're all unstoppable. And don't ever forget that. You're a genius. Don't let people put your ass down. Get away. Tell yourself if somebody says that to you, I am a winner. I am a champion. I am unstoppable. Override everything, and you can do that. Frank, great show, man. Great to have you back, obviously. You never left, in my opinion, but it's great to go face-to-face with you like this. And we'll get set up, and I'll get this show up tomorrow. We'll get it right out as fast as we can. But it's been an honor, and we had a great show, brother. Well, I appreciate it, Eric. It was a blast being here with you, and uh, thank you again for uh, inviting me back on. Anytime. Any, anytime, Frank. You don't have to ask. Just send me a note, and we'll do it. But, as I said... The world is asking something from you. It's up to you to go out and do it. And don't be afraid to ask the world. But here it is. It's all up to you. It falls in your lap. But don't forget, we're here. And we will help you any way we can. Just contact us. And we'll start the ball rolling. So, for Frank DeMeo, this is Eric Fiorello. Thanks for listening. Have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you this weekend. Because wait till you hear Friday night's show. Um, We've got some new people coming in here, and you're going to enjoy what I've got going. And there's a lot of other stuff in the pipe. But as I said, you can't ever not have people like Frank in here because, as I said, big spoke in the big wheel. So, everybody, have a great rest of the week, and Frank and I will talk to you again very soon. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.